murdering people like most murder hobos in D&D campaigns do. It's January 25th, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 132. Enjoying the huge midity, I'm Abel Kirby. And wiped out by the white stuff, I'm Cold Acid. That white stuff gets everywhere, man. It's terrible. We're getting, we're getting like 25 centimeters or more here. Yeah. We didn't get quite that much down here this morning, but I did not go out of town at all in the afternoon i got uh i got on the road and it was safe enough but just i'm sure the highways what i heard was the highways further down were fine but this apartment complex did not get any snow uh removal until maybe 1 p.m 2 p.m something like that so at least you get it same day they don't come down my street until like three days after everything else is cleaned up ah, that's terrible also uh i was sent home uh, today really Yes, and I was the last one at the office. It's like, yeah, given what's coming and given the distance you have to travel and it's all through, like, middle of nowhere, you should go home. Mm. The uh, the situation here has been pretty good because we didn't lose power. Um, my family lost a lot of power in uh, New England. Uh, I've, I've been told by the coordinating text messages that I'm always CC'd on despite being nowhere near... <laughs> where the event is uh that they were losing power and then it finally came back the power out here has been pretty steady and the one thing that i've been doing to counteract some of the weather here is i pulled out the old humidifier Ooh! and it's one that i got for free it was a it was a, a freebie from a co-worker who had two of them and he didn't need two so he gave me one uh just just uh out of his uh graciousness and i need two of them it is an ultrasonic. One to carry around the house and one to carry around the office. So I got my huge humidifier out. It's an u- ultrasonic humidifier. Oh, a huge humidifier. <laughs> and have you seen, do you have an ultrasonic humidifier? I'm, I'm curious. No, about. I do not. I do not have any sort of humidifier. Oh, man. This thing is great. You turn it on and it's, well, I'm sure it's loud in the right, uh, the right spectrum if you're listening to it, uh, maybe with an ultrasonic microphone and the right equipment, but... To me, it's completely silent. You sleep like a baby next to it, and it puts out cool mist. It actually vaporizes the water with a speaker. It has a little cavity with a speaker on the bottom, and it uh, plays ultrasonic tones through it, and it turns that water into a fine mist and spits it out the top. It's very Okay, cool. now do Freebird humidifier. <laughs> it's that extra solo. A lot of people didn't know that there's that extra solo on Freebird. It's just ultrasonic. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. No, Only, but we know it. Oh, and the bats and dogs know. We know all <laughs> kinds of things. Oh, I'll take that cue. There we go. All right, what did you bring? I got the uh, I got the five hundred one. Five hundred one. Street five hundred one semi sweet craft cider. Yes, excellent. I like that. And stuff. I need it tonight. <laughs> I've got the. Um, Genesee Beers Beer, and it's uh, Gen NY is what it's on. It looks like an upstate New York, I think. I don't know. Maybe Serpent knows more about this stuff. but uh, Generation New York. It seems like uh, a shitty new upstate New York beer. And I've had a couple of these on the show uh, in the past. And this one is very special in being that it's um, 
Gen C uh, carb lanes. I don't know. Maybe she knows what it is. The the um, special thing about it, it is the cheapest beer <laughs> at the gas station down the road. It is four dollars and change. It's it's almost five dollars, like four ninety eight or four ninety nine. But the the first digits of four, which makes it um, which makes it a step above if you're cutting costs. Uh, everything else inside the the, uh, the beer aisle. You want you want to know you want to know what's cheap beer? Mm-hmm. Uh, this I, stuff called Crest from the UK. <laughs> Crest. It, it is the cheapest stuff you can get in Ontario, <laughs> despite the fact that it's an import. Is it mint flavored? No, but it is. It's ten percent Tall Boy cans, <laughs> and oh, God. from what I know, from what I've been told. Piss tastes better. I see. So it's the crest. I thought, so it's not made from like a wave or something and they just scoop up the crest? No. <laughs> it, it is made from the shittiest uh, ingredients available. I think they just like, you know, take British cooking and then like make beer out of it. Oh, maybe they get the water from that pool in Liverpool. Possibly. Maybe. There's a couple weird pools. There's a black pool, isn't there? No, you know where they probably get the water from? Where? They probably get the water right out of the Thames. The Thames. And I don't mean upstream where it's nice and clean. I mean, like, in London. <laughs> in London. They just hang a bucket. They bring it down from the bridge. They lower it down, and they scoop some up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> ah, well. So we have our program, Rare Encounter, that we're kicking off right now. This is rareencounter.net is our website. Uh, we're live on the No Agenda stream and the Rare Encounter stream every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can tune in and listen. Uh, and we also have our Boostergrams. I actually have the Boostergram sound on this time, which I don't usually Excellent. do. Excellent. Good, because I don't. So there'll be obviously. some loud pews, maybe, if there's some pewing during the show. You'll That'll be what it's from. But we do have an executive producer to, to call out and thank. Oh? Uh, right before the show, we got 8,888 sats from Carolyn. Hey! Woohoo! And so, uh, I guess as a low-hanging fruit, we didn't have a lot of action before the show, uh, but she jumped in at the last minute, a couple minutes before we started, and uh, grabbed that executive producer uh, credit. So she gets mentioned in the uh, in the uh, the show notes and all that. So, and we want to thank oh, Carolyn. I see a message here. I see a message here from her too. Oh yeah, you additional busty boobs. Wait, no, I mean boosty boosts. <laughs> yes. Busty boobs. Uh, I'd never say no to those. Wait, no. I need. I need boosty boosts. Uh, I wouldn't say no I wouldn't to those say, either. I wouldn't say no to busty boosts or boosty busts myself. Or busty boobs. Yeah, of course. So thank you, Carolyn, and anyone else who wants to uh, send a boost or a message during the show. You'll hear him come in. I'll uh, I'll acknowledge you as you come through, uh, and we'll make sure we read everyone at the end. Uh, you could go to nudepodcastapps.com and. Make sure your podcast player is on that list. Uh, it's a list of all the software, different kinds of software, command line software, podcast software. Everything that can send a boost is up on that site. So go take a look and see if uh, if you have one in your uh, installed on your phone or something. And we we definitely have stuff to boost with uh, with Night Show. <laughs> yes, we do. Go. I mean, like I've got <laughs> I've got stuff to rant about and going through your notes. Holy shit, man! I got there's some uh, there's some wild things happening down in the states, aren't there? Yeah, there's some uh, there's all kinds of weird shit in my notes. What do you have? Um, well, I've got some tabletop news mm-hmm. and I've got some anime news. Why don't we get some news out of the way? Let's do news at the top, and then I'll do this kind of junk food stories. News at the top of nine minutes. <laughs> what do we? All got? right, so 
shall we start with the anime news? Sure. All right. So three shows are essentially canceled, all from studios owned by Anaplex. Now, now you heard already about the near automata version 1.1a anime being uh, put on hiatus. Yep, that was yep. A1 Pictures on Twitter had said the f- show's fourth episode, which was supposed to air, I think, later this week. And on the 29th. All, yeah. subs- all subsequent episodes are indefinitely delayed, so no more near, no Tubi's ass, nothing. Yep. Meanwhile, meanwhile there's, also, there's also Unite Up and Ayakashi Triangle, which are also uh, on... In de- on the same sort of indefinite delay. Mm. And they're from other studios that are owned by Anaplex. Uh, one of them is... Uh, uh, hold on. So we know... One of them is uh, that one that keeps doing, like, the the nice kind of shows. What's it called? <laughs> the nice kind of shows. Cloverworks. <laughs> that's not what I was going to suggest. Uh, I almost said Manglo, but I, I know that's wrong. And then the other one was... Uh, Ah, the one who, who's been doing, like, Peter Grill and everyone. But never mind. Yeah. I had a joke answer. But, yeah, so they're, say, they're, co- they're citing for all of these COVID-19. But to be honest, this is, not, this is not the first time that Aniplex Studios have dropped the ball like this. 86 uh, went through a lot of this with a whole bunch of filler episodes, but at least they were far enough into production that they could put together a bunch of filler episodes out of clips from previous ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, they're they're dropping the ball even before they're at that point. So something stinks in the state of Anaplex, I think, and I don't think it's the coof. No. There's been a couple instances of this over the years. I mean, Evangelion was plagued by production problems, famously. Uh, there's been a yes, couple. Yes, but that of- was that was a different that was different than than this. That was because that's because like they were run- hemorrhaging cash, and the guy who was behind the show at the time was a serious flake. <laughs> yeah, I I would read basically any um, anime that's been postponed or indefinitely delayed as no matter what their excuses i would have to believe that cash has to be a huge part of it because if if they had money they'd switch people out they they get something done i think um here's something else to note though as well all three of these particular series all have crunchyroll in the credits i see so crunchyroll is like on the production committees of these shows as well Maybe and I wonder if there's something, if there's like some SJW bullshit going on, because I mean, we know that Crunchyroll is woke. Maybe they, uh, they're check bounced. Maybe. <laughs> Could be as simple as that. Now, in other news, there, there are some, I mean, not news, but there are some things about Near Automata that it is not like the game, right? And I mean, something... Apparently, I was thinking, like, when I was watching episode two and three, I'm like, hey, this is not how the game went. What's going on here? Apparently, I missed something back in September where Yoko Taro himself confirmed that, yes, he was making changes to the story to make it better for anime, which is why it's version 1.1a. The other thing, one of the things, though, that 
that gets me with that is that Anemone is gone and replaced with Lily as the leader of the resistance outfit in the uh, in the show. Hmm. And that's that seems to be a, a deeper change than like doing a bit of like replacing certain scenes from the from the anime with uh, more active ones or certain scenes from the game with more active ones in the anime. Like you don't start you don't start like with the with the landing in the city ruins and going for a walk around. No, uh, 2B and 9S in their flight units rescue a bunch of the resistance androids at the last minute from an attack by like an army of raging uh, machine life forms. Mm. And yeah, okay, I can I can I can accept that. I mean, people watch anime because they're not looking for like that exploration stuff that you would do in a sandbox type of game, right? Yeah. They want a story. They don't want to, you know, oh, we're dropping you in the starter dungeon, basically, or the starter town. Uh, yeah. Or, and uh, go fight rats yeah, for I mean, 25. I mean, this isn't... You You don't go to Corneria in anime. Mm. Right? But still, I mean, the Yorha stage play, which existed, like, a year before Near Automata was released or went into production, one or the other... Like in there, it was the it was the Pearl Harbor descent mission, right? And so you had, uh, you had like A two and A four, and a couple others from like the first gen Yorha androids, and a bunch from the Resistance who, other than Anemone, all die. And that's part of one of the things that hooks in even early in the game, right? Spoil- I'm not putting out any spoilers. Uh, Twenty twenty five no, no, thirty this- seconds of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, this is this is like it was his sled kind of shit, okay? Like everybody already knows this, right? It's in the but first like couple to, minutes of it, so But to like take uh but to take like uh Anemone and just replace her with a with like the same character but a different name. I mean Yoko, what you doing, man? Mm-hmm. What's with that? Well, maybe they canceled the show just because they were afraid of disappointing you. Maybe <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> they've disappointed me. <laughs> well, that's uh, maybe a good wrap for anime news. I've got some. I've got a story, a couple stories I want to throw in here. Yeah, you got some news too, don't you? If you if you'll indulge me, uh, yeah, you want to do my news? Yeah. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on Rare Encounter. Potatoes. All right, this potato news segment is brought to you by potatopro.com. <laughs> Not that they're a sponsor, but that's where I'm taking the story from. It's a uh, headline The next generation of fries has arrived, and they are really crunchy. Crunchier than Crunchyroll? Crunchier than anything that's ever crunched before, Cold Acid. These are really... Holy shit, that is crunchy. In large capital letters, really crunchy fries. God damn. This article is, which I'll link uh, here just for people to... I'll link it in the Rare Encounter channel for people to look at. 
These are really crunchy fries developed exclusively for the OOH channel, uh, which apparently is food service for out of home. It basically means that they're selling it to restaurants, which I don't know. I, I thought commercial food service was what you uh, would be talking about, but whatever. OOH it is. And this article announcing this product, this must be paid for, right? Is all I can think, because it's very fawning of these really crunchy fries. They have a couple just quotes of like audiologists no, no, maybe, talking about maybe because it's always stated the same way. I think I think it's actually the name. The product is called Really Crunchy Fries with all caps on the really. Well, they're they are leaning hard into the crunchiness of these fries, cold acid. They have a an audiologist, Nathan Bowman, says in the article, he says, the sensation of crunchy food stimulates feelings of enjoyment and excitement in our brains. This makes crunchier foods more pleasurable to eat. So really crunchy fries means really satisfied diners. <sighs> you know, I, I can I can agree with that. Mm -hmm. There's another little... I uh, do enjoy a good crunch in my fries. They have these... Um, other quote that I that I pulled out was when choosing to eat out one in two diners in the UK want food experiences food experiences sometimes people call that taster I don't know but they can they can't get anywhere else and right now 75% of diners crave indulgent foods that offer sensory pleasure as a means to boost their mental well-being and make them feel happier Jeez, so you say, you say you think it's taste, but honestly, there is there is more to experiencing food than just the taste of it. There there is really the appearance of it, the mouth feel, like the the texture of the food as you're chewing it, the texture of the food as you're handling it, even for for finger foods, right? So there's more to the experience than just what it tastes like. There's there's how how you eat it what what it looks like and uh, and you know even like what comes back afterwards like those after those after meal belches right like is it is it reminding <laughs> you of the nice flavors of the food or is it like oh i belch now i want to puke because <laughs> it's coming out like you know like bad old sour beer <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, I agree with some of this. I mean, there's some truth to it, but they just lay this out so hard. It's such a sales pitch. Uh, Apparently, but, Sir Bemrose likes bones in his fries. <laughs> he likes the bones in his fries. You know, I, so this got me on a... The potato uh, bones. The potato bones. This got me on a kick. I started looking for crunchy things. Ooh. I was trying to think, and so I got like... Um, I, I clipped so much random shit called acid. I don't even know why I clipped half this stuff, but I got like chips... Like, I got some chips crunchy. Because <laughs> those are crunchy, right? As so we got, like, mm -hmm. mm, we could chew those chips, right? We got all kinds of, like... That's part of the, that's part of the experience, too. Oh, yeah. L listen to this crunch. This is the biggest crunch that I could find in all my searching for crunches. Here it is. There we go. That's the biggest crunch that I can find. Delicious. It's <laughs> so, yeah, the people must love that, according to this audiologist. The crunchier, the better. I also went and found out, you know, here's an aluminum can being being crunched. Those are pretty crunchy, huh? Yeah. 
I've had crunchier fries. Crunchier fries than a kid? Oh man, I started looking at other crunchy things. Here's what I found. This machine is called the abdominal crunch machine. Yeah, and so it has abdominal crunch. Personally, I'm a fan of Captain Crunch, but maybe abdominal crunch is what you're into. Captain Crunch is great, except for, except for like the fact that the top of your mouth feels like uh, ground beef afterwards. Oh man. Do you want to hear about Captain Crunch? I got a Captain Crunch clip, obviously. Yes. All right. So this is my crunch segue. This is the starting position. All right. That's the Captain Crunch segue. Here we Cereal go. Time. Now, this is from a YouTube video uh, called Serial Time, if you can't tell from the music. Time. What's up, Serial Heads? Today we're going to talk about <laughs> all the varieties of Captain Crunch. Now, I believe Captain Crunch has had more varieties of any cereal ever released. Yeah, and he makes this claim right away. I was a little dubious. It's like, wait, Captain Crunch has the most varieties of any cereal? But I, don't I thought know. there was just like Captain Crunch and Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Oh, you, sir, are wrong. This is a whole one minute rundown of Captain Crunch. Are you ready? Lay it on me, bro. All right. Buckle up, folks. Here we go. So we don't have time to go through each and every one. But let's speed through as many as fast as we can. Try to keep up. The first one came four years after the original cereal when Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries hit shelves in 1967. Yeah. Now, originally, they were just red berries that the crew came upon when they hit Crunch Berry Island. And then they had the Crunch Berry Beast as a mascot to go along with yes. Captain. They added colors throughout <laughs> the years, and now the berries come in red, green, blue, and purple. Next came Peanut Butter Crunch. The mascot was Smedley the Elephant. In 1970, they added Cinnamon Crunch with Jean Lafoot as the mascot. In 1972, they released Vanilli Crunch, which tasted like birthday cake because Millie Sea Dog supposedly crunch? dropped some batter in a bowl of Captain Crunch when he was making a cake. In 1975, they released Punch Crunch. There was Choco Crunch. There was Deep Sea Crunch. Home Run Crunch with balls and bat-shaped pieces. Yes. Cosmic Crunch Lude. with orange space dust inside, which turned your milk green. Ooh. Mystery Volcano Ooh. Crunch. Airhead Berries. Choco Donuts. Polar Crunch with Crunch Berries. Chocolatey Crunch. Cinnamon Roll Crunch. And they had this Superman Crunch in 2006. In the 90s, they had Triple Crunch with three separate bags inside. Some claim there are over 100 different varieties of Captain Crunch. <laughs> that <laughs> was the Captain Crunch rundown. <laughs> And Damn, that is a lot more crunch than I thought. There were so many weird crunches. They all had mascots, too, and a lot of the mascots had names. Like, they had Jean Lefoot was the cinnamon crunch guy. They had Sea Dog made the birthday cake crunch because uh, he, he said it in there. Sea Dog uh, spilled some Captain Crunch into his cake batter when he was making cake, and then he baked it, and it turned into a birthday cake flavor, Captain Crunch. And that's the story of the birthday cake crunch. Sea it's Dog? <clears throat> vanilla Crunch, I think is what it was, uh, or something like that. Vanilla Punch, which tasted like parachute pants, according to Servo. <laughs> well, yeah, Millie Vanilla Crunch. Anyway, um, I had a couple other crunches. I played a couple of these. I had some... Um, just instructions for like ab stuff. We're gonna go over the hammer strings abdominal crunch. Uh, just kind of show you what's going on here. Yeah, he's gonna show us the uh, that crunch. Here's another crunch. We're gonna take a look at the abdominal crunch machine. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. but do you actually like make crunching sounds when you use it? <laughs> uh, I have some instructions. You, we can try it and see if we make crunching sounds. Do you want to try? We could I'm do. Afraid now. Calisthenics on rare encounter. We could do this. Calisthenics on rare encounter. Except it's it's you have to get your crunching machine first. You can't just do it. Now, 
I can't just do I can't just do jumping jacks here at my desk, huh? Okay. Well, here's here's what we're gonna do. There's some instructions, and everyone just do them wherever you are, especially if you're driving. Here we go. Sit down on the machine and hook your feet under the rolls. Under the rolls. Stabilize your position by keeping your back against the support pad and holding both handles. Huh. Yeah. So I'm pretty good. Are you good, Cold? I'm good. My feet are under the rolls, uh, and I'm holding both handles. My feet aren't under the rolls, but I am holding the handles of okay. my office chair. Okay. <laughs> Hold on pretty tight, okay? This is the I'm starting position. I'm holding on position. for dear life. Now exhale as you use your abs to lower your torso while raising your legs. Bring your knees and elbows as close to each other as possible. Yes! Bring your knees uh. and elbows. Uh, Help! Yeah, that's not wor- that's not working. Uh, not with my desk. No, I'm I'm trying, but it just says I'm close- scraping my arms against the edge of the desk, and they're not getting anywhere near my knees. And then In fact, inhale. They're no you, better than inhale. like halfway up my thighs. Oh no! Well, there's one more thing. This will this will end it for us, okay? And then inhale okay. as you slowly return to the starting position. Yes, there you go. <sighs> Wait, she said inhale. I exhaled there. <gasps> yes. I've been doing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> I inhaled when I should have exhaled. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little excited that we could do an exercise program on Rare Encounter on the air. Like we could have a minute where we just do some exercises, uh, you know, with some audio do instruction. We, do we have to wear do we have to wear like the the spandex bodysuits though? Yeah, I'm wearing my pink onesie. My pi- uh. my pink leotard. <laughs> what what are you wearing? I am also wearing my headband. I have a floral headband on. I'm I'm like I'm like spandex from toes to neck, and wow, do I ever have a camel toe? <laughs> oh dear! So- and and it, don't forget. It's all pastel colors. Yep. And af- Can't get more 80s than pastel colors. And after a long workout, there's only one thing you want. Mmm, get those potato chips. Mmm, yummy. Okay, well, jeez. Well, that was a distraction. Anyway, these really crunchy... By the <laughs> what way... What are we doing? By the way, those really crunchy fries are definitely, uh, definitely going to show up. I think they're the same kind of thing that Wendy's switched to, and they taste terrible. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So you've heard it here first. When you start seeing crunchy fries around, uh, uh, you'll know where they came from. Uh, Let's see. I got some other news. We got some um, The Mummy. I got some Mummy. I got some Ohio local news. You want to hear that? Yo, let's let's do this Ohio news because this is something else that we definitely got to... It, it is such a rare encounter sort of topic. <laughs> no, this is Ohio woman arrested at the Atlanta airport. That's uh, the reason she was arrested is first she dined and dashed. So she went to a restaurant, didn't pay and left, I guess, thinking she'd escape at the airport. I'm not sure. Maybe she'd get on her flight. But then, she, yeah, she just she's just going to hop on the next flight. Nobody would catch her. And what happened was they uh, started tracking her down, you know, they're following her around saying, hey, ma'am, you have to go pay for your meal. She picks up a fire extinguisher and starts blasting people with it. Like, she's just walking <laughs> down the hallway and it's like socking people in. The, she's trying to go down the jetway and she's blasting like the uh, the stewardess in the face. Just with her fire extinguisher. And, uh, uh, some stewardesses I've seen, I would definitely like to uh, <laughs> blast them in the face. <laughs> Not with a fire extinguisher, though. Hey, hey! (laughs) 
And he's on the do not fly list now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one time where I think saying with my dick would actually make it less offensive. <laughs> yeah, Just probably. Like, enough murder going around, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, w- I would totally spray her in the face. With my dick! <laughs> Good. So, yeah, there's the video is just a must-watch. Must um, it's There's no good audio from it. You can't really hear anything, and it's just narration over it. But um, I'll... Did you post the good one, the one in my notes? Yeah. I beat it to you, yeah. <clears throat> the that, video. That's the good one everyone should watch. It, she just nails these people. She's walking down the jetway and, like... Uh, or she's walking down the yeah, terminal. Yeah, she's like fucking. It. She's like fucking honey badgering it. She's just walking down and be like, right in people's face. Like she does not give a fuck. Yeah, she's just. She's got the whole thing going. <laughs> oh man! So that was the local news. Uh, you know, I'm proud to be from Ohio with someone like this. Let's see. Jennifer Holder, 27, was caught on video spraying a fire extinguisher after a confrontation with airport staff. The uh, workers approached Holder after she skipped out on her dinner tab. Yeah, we knew that. And she faces six charges, including obstructing law enforcement, records say. So there you go. And she got a black eye, too. It's not clear where she got the black eye from. But there's that. She she must have decked something. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I got the mummy. Or oh, I got chugs. Let's do all my fucking clips, man. I yeah, got chugs. This, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this, man? Badlands chugs. I wonder if anyone in chat knows who Badlands chugs is. This came. <laughs> chugs came into my life over the last week, uh, and I welcomed him. He came him. into your life. Chugs uh, graced me with his YouTube channel. <laughs> Badlands chugs <laughs> is fucking awesome. He's this guy on YouTube. And he just chugs stuff. He chugs quinine. He chugs, uh, you know, like he'll get a whole a gallon of um, club soda and he'll just, all right, we're going to chug this. And he chugs it. He, Jesus. He has his own merch store, too. So he has like all his sayings. He says, like right before he chugs something, he goes, folks, it's time for actions, not words. And then he goes and chugs a Boot full of baked beads. You know, this guy is fantastic. And to give you Gatorade, Thor's hammer, chug, war of God, Ragnarok style. He puts anything with a lightning theme, uh, sports drink or something. He'll put that in there. Uh, He has a bunch of different things he chugs out of. So he's got the Thor's hammer. He's got boots. He's got uh, got chugging cream corn out of a boot. So I want to get beans, chug two liters of baked beans chugged <laughs> yes and he he Holy gets them all fuck. down so this guy I, I just it's hard to experience this with audio but i think it's worth it i did a couple clips let's just hear the uh, introduction to this mountain dew chugging uh stunt that he's about to do epic chug alert folks i'm about to chug all the mountain dews you see here all that i can find in the big comically large wine glass we're gonna call this the everydew chuck <laughs> don't touch that mouse 
You're watching Batman's Chugs. Yes. And this Don't guy. Don't touch that mouse. That is, it's so good. Like all his banter through the whole setup, his descriptions of what he's doing are great. And the music throughout the entire video is awesome. So He's it, got production quality, I gotta say. He has, um, in 47 seconds, now he chugs all of these Mountain Dews that he's gonna name inside this video. And so he has them all lined up on his table outside and he has this giant wine glass he just opens all the lids and mixes them all in and then just goes to town on it so here we go here's here's him describing all the doozies about the chug i got right here the mountain burst okay the lime wire mountain dew spark cold red's a favorite good old original the frostbite all right voltage and a super rare mountain dew violet and last but not least, I got the Baja Blast. We gotta get it from Taco Bell because they don't come in bottles here in New York. And oh, I got an extra frostbite here, all right? Yes. Uh, this guy, this channel has changed me. Uh, it's It's been a joy to pick through and uh, see all these videos that he has. So he opens all of those dews, pours them together in a giant wine glass, and then in 47 seconds drinks the whole thing. And the whole wine glass must be a gallon and a half. It's well over Jesus, a gallon. Yeah, it's, it's like he could fit his head like three times inside that glass. That's right. It is bigger than his big head. So anyway, this uh, this is a recommended channel. Uh, I, I think that everyone should go watch Badlands Chugs, chug some stuff. Even the small chugs, like even the small chugs are worth it because the attitude's there. It's the it's about the uh, the feats. It's about being a champion. That's why you watch Badlands Chugs. Man, I can I can just imagine what would happen to me if I actually like chugged that much carbonated beverage. Oh, he has a big burp at the end, believe me. Dude, I'd do more than just burp. <laughs> you burp out both ends. Fuck, I would I would explode out both ends, man. <laughs> there'd be there'd be like there'd be soda and puke and shit everywhere. Ah. Uh, it'll be just like Friday night. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know about your Friday nights, but that sure ain't one of mine. Oh man. So there's Badlands Chugs, that's my little bit. Um let's see. The only story I've left is uh is the mummy stuff. I could put that on hold and we could talk about some tabletop if you want. Yeah, yeah, I got to bring this up because, you know, last week I was talking about this whole this whole D&D thing, right? And apparently, apparently there the uh the pushback against it has has actually like caused some stuff to happen. So D&D says like they're they're now saying uh, at Wizards that they're going to move the the D&D rules to Creative Commons license. Despite the fact that uh, that they can't actually, you know, copyright the uh, the rules themselves, the game mechanics are not something that can be protected under IP law because they are essentially boiled down to math, right? And math is not copyrightable. It, it, just then, a clarification. Uh, I have a point that yeah. I need clarified. When you say they're putting the rules, do you mean the the list of rules, or is it a publication? <laughs> Like the the actual the actual game mechanics. So it's not a that. Creative Commons rule book. 
No. It's not like they're taking a rule book. No, they're not. They're not taking the DMG and publishing it under under CC BY. No. Okay. All right. How how is it possible um, that you know what's in the under that license and what's not? Because because there is this document that they release called the system reference document that includes all the mechanics and also mentions what things are considered. Uh, protected IP and what things are being licensed under the OGL or now also Creative Commons. Okay, okay, so there is a document. Yeah. Uh, there's been a document since uh, D&D 3rd Edition. Okay. And it's always called the SRD. And it, uh, and yeah, it contains the mechanics. But again, as I was saying, the stuff that they're saying that they're going to be putting under Creative Commons is not stuff that they can that they can protect under copyright law anyways. Hmm. The mecha- the mechanics are not copyrightable. So just the, just the same as I can take I can take the mechanics of Pokemon and put a game out there, but if I change if I change like the scenarios and what all the different like little monsters are and everything, mm, yeah. right? Then Nintendo can't touch me as much as they'd like to because all I've taken is the mechanics and those are not protected under copyright law. The little monsters, it, aren't they the, the Lady Gaga fans? I'm thinking like, you know, Pikachu, Charizard, you know, the, no, the, the pocket monsters. monsters themselves. But little monsters are Lady Gaga fan. That's her fan club. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I don't just, know shit about Lady Gaga. All I know is that she once wore a dress made out of meat. Yes, she did. Oh, yes, she did. That was a meaty dress. All right, I, I'm derailing this, but I, I yeah, do like the idea. Yeah, you are derailing this. So, so they've, yeah, they're, they're saying all of this. They've put out a new draft for discussion of the, of the now Open Gaming License 1.2. And I went through it, and I saw a Slashdot comments about it, thanks to Carolyn Blaney, who sent me a link uh, last week. And yeah, I mean, I some of this stuff raises more questions and others is just like it's a trap. It's like your landlord uh, saying uh, as a bonus, uh, if you uh, if you sign this lease as a bonus, I won't steal from you. Here, like, oh, wait a minute. You can't steal yeah. from me anyway. So here here is why this new OGL draft is still just a continued load of bullshit. And that is, that is the, the Clause 3 uh, pretty much allows Wizards to completely rip off anything that you do that's successful without you being able to actually do anything about it still. It's just they're, they're being more oblique about it. Okay. For, for example, you bring a claim because, they, because they've like taken your stuff right and started publishing it as theirs all you can all you can do is sue for breach of contract and only for monetary damages you cannot you cannot like have have like the court say yeah you can't publish that anymore or you have to make like so many changes before you're allowed to keep publishing it right it's just you get it you get a payoff and that's it at most right and the the other thing is they have a fucking morality clause. Really? Yes, really. 
What can, does it include? Anal circumference checks? Are those immoral no. now? I've always been immoral. But w- what's the morality clause uh, prohibit? If it's a tabletop game and you say immoral, all I think of is like the sex uh, variants. Like, so you will not include content in your licensed works that is harmful, discriminatory, illegal, obscene, or harassing, or engage in conduct that is harmful, discriminatory, illegal, obscene, or harassing. So, okay, murdering people like most murder hobos in D&D campaigns do. Oh, you better not have that or or under under the sort of liberal reading that lawyers love to do, uh, they can say, yeah, we're we're not letting you use any of our stuff anymore. We're taking our toys and going home and fuck you, third-party uh, producer. Mm. Right? Plus just like they, we have the sole right to decide what conduct or content is hateful, and you covenant that you will not contest any such determination via any suit or other legal action. So in other words, they're saying, we get to call all the shots, and if you don't agree, fuck you. No, fuck you, Wizards of the Coast. Fuck you, Hasbro. You cock-sucking monkey fuckers. You have to think some of those uh, terms are not enforceable. Contract law, uh, no, and of course, and of course, when when you have sometimes when you have like when you have like a suit happen over a contract, it's usually read in the favor of the party which did not draft it. Right. Right. It's like some people get stuck because they've watched I don't know the Little Mermaid too much and they get it in their idea. Like the fact, the fact that they're trying this in the first place. Like you know how they say possession is nine tenths of the law. Right? It's a similar sort of thing. People see this and they go, oh, well, I guess I've got to go with that because they don't realize that, like, most of the shit is unenforceable and what remains is a fucking joke anyways, right? So it's like, you see this, okay, I'll agree to it, and you pretty much fucking, you know, put the cuffs on yourself, essentially. These are people no, who... Wa- fuck this shit. These are people who watch fuck The Little shit. Mermaid Hasbro, and they... Hasbro, Hasbro, you through? fucking roll. You fucking roll, Hasbro, for anal circumference because I got a nail-studded baseball bat here that I'm going to shove so far fucking up your ass you'll be hitting baseballs with your tongue. Christ almighty. Yeah, this, this kind of gets under my skin a little. All right. Can I say my Little Mermaid bit? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. Some people watch The Little Mermaid and it gives them bad ideas about how contracts work because the Ariel signed this contract. And, oh no, it's a it's an evil contract. She has to, you know, she's stuck because she signed this stupid thing, and it's absolutely ridiculous. The terms are so one sided of that stupid fucking contract. No judge would have ever enforced it. But there's a so whole- so what you're saying is what you're saying is. There could have the movie could have come to a quicker conclusion and possibly even a happier ending if only there were more lawyer characters in it. I think uh, Ursula is preying on Ariel's naivete in believing that Obviously. the contract is enforcing uh, enforceable. There is no reason for her to do this shit, and uh, I don't. Yeah, but who 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 is the judge of the sea? Right. Uh, but, Poseidon? Okay, well, where's Poseidon? And who are the lawyers? Who, who's going to be Ariel's lawyer? That little that little pathetic fish guy? Uh, Flounder? 
Yeah, Flounder, is he going to be her lawyer? <laughs> no, he's a, he's he's not her lawyer. He's the uh, public defender. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, everybody's going to jail. <laughs> I'm going to see. Or C stands for clink. <laughs> you know, Cold Acid, more Disney movies should have jails inside them where people get sentenced. Yes. A lot of Disney movies can be solved if they just sent characters to jail. I agree. <laughs> I agree. We need more prisons in Disney animation. You know, how come they they always want to have the new Disney princess has to be some new... Uh, they, they have to find some culture or something that's unrepresented so they can have the first Disney princess from this kind of b- background. And anyway, they don't ever go for the prison princess. What about? Well, I mean, I mean, what about the jailbirds? You look at those. You look at those. You look at those sort of movies, and I mean, like, how the how do you how the hell do you make like a kids friendly like women's prison exploitation (laughs) film? Uh, It sounds like a lot of fun to me. I'm sure Walt can get right on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can, I can see it. I can see it right now, like. Princess Jasmine is like strapped to a wall, and here comes like Belle from Beauty and the Beast <laughs> with this huge honking, like two foot th- and like six inch thick black Ding-dong? fucking strap on okay, here you go. to fuck her up the ass. Right? <laughs> okay, I have, to, I have to inform you of a uh, visual novel called, Uh-oh. called Princess Trader. <laughs> Princess Trainer. It's on, it's on itch. You can go look that up if you want some Jasmine. It exists. Uh, Princess Trainer. Uh, I think there's a new edition out. So let's do a search. Itch.io Princess Trainer. Let's see what comes up. Princess Trainer Gold Edition oh, by yeah. Akaburg. Game of the Year. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure. There, I see your Disney copyright. I, I, it's just, it came to mind. You said Princess Jasmine going to jail. I said, oh, yeah, there was that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, okay, I want I want to see her, like, <laughs> having sex with Belle, not with Jafar. Oh, I see. It's one of those. No, um, what well, I mean, I mean, the how many guys do you actually see, like, in those, like, lesbian prison exploitation films. <laughs> I haven't seen that many now that you mention it. Well, maybe you should try. <laughs> Seeing guys. Oh, dear. So this game, Princess, just I want to get my tie into this. Um, this uh, this game, the guy who made it was friends with another guy who I was working on a visual novel with once upon a time. Uh, that was the, the Blade Runner comedy uh, ripoff that happened Many, many moons ago that never got finished. But anyway, that was my connection uh, uh, to this, which is I didn't work on it or anything. I was just friends with a guy who was friends with a guy. Okay, so I'm just looking at Akbar's other stuff. The mating season. A whole <laughs> love story about a girl for turtles and a rat. Yes. I don't know what that is. Oh, no, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes. So you you want to fuck that feisty redhead uh, April. April O'Neil? Well, you've got to be a rat or a turtle first. <laughs> but you can do it. <laughs> I think we're off the rails. We're <laughs> Dude, you know you know what the problem with that is? 
We were never on the rails to begin with. All right, well, we're completely off the rails. I want to. I want to read some booster grabs if if you don't like. All right, this couple still, came in. Oh, hold on. We still got. We still got. Yeah, we got two ten more minutes. things we from got, you. But yeah, okay. Okay, let's hit these boosties. Let me hit these boosties. Um, we got one from Carolyn from 8888Sats saying, I found Jean Lefoot. He needs a, he needs a spin-off serial. And then pasted a link to Jean Lefoot inside. And he's a pirate with big feet. He is. Bare feet. And a French mustache. And a French mustache. Oh, oh, oh Jean Lefoot. Oh, oh, oh. And we also had 8888 sets from Carolyn, who said, I believe this is from our exercise bit. She said, I brought my knees to my elbows, and now I am stuck. Luckily, I can still boost. Yay! Oh, thanks, Carolyn, for both both of those. Uh, speaking of Carolyn, we had, she's on a podcast. Um, let me scroll to the bottom here and find my podcast notes. I can do the podcast rundown. So, Hog ah. Story, uh, Carolyn's on with a fella named Fletcher. They do a show every Monday, and uh, they had one last Monday, but I don't see it posted yet. I think they're working on their website. The RSS feed seems to be up, but the if you go to the website and click on episodes, I didn't see anything there. So I didn't see a title. But they did a bunch of bits on infomercials, which I thought was pretty good. I was listening to that when I was driving home the other day. Uh, Behind the Schemes comes on after Hog Stories on Monday nights. That They did episode 136, How to Kill Your Friends and Influence Morons, is the title of their latest. Nice. That's, uh, that's a good title. <laughs> that's Lavash and Boobery. Uh, Grumpy Old Ben's had episode 210, Phantom Buzzing. Uh, they record just before us on Wednesdays. And Bowl After Bowl uh, had episode 219, Down There Giants, which uh, records... I'm a giant down there. Giants down there. Apparently some of these anime girls are, or uh, Disney girls are too. So. Oh my. Oh my. You know, the contract said they were. That's all I know. All well, right. I, I know that a lot of those Disney princesses, they got the big booty, but, <laughs> you know, that big booty... the you just got to dig into, but, like, if they're also big down there in front, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, we got a mummy. Yes, we do. A golden boy mummy. A golden boy mummy. And the, the sad thing about this, about this golden boy, though, is he doesn't have any lucky pervert moments. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't be so fast on that because, so, this is a story about a mummy that was CT scanned, so it's still enclosed in a, in. They did a CT scan of this. This is the T. Now it says he's two thousand three hundred years old, but they also call him a teenager. So I'm not sure about that. But it's called the Golden Boy Mummy. <laughs> and they, as they were scanning it, they found a bunch of stuff that's not the the teenage Golden Boy in there. They had amulets scattered all over inside the. Um, I guess sarcophagus? Is that the right thing for it? And the CT scans were able to isolate all of these things. And cool. they actually have some images. I put one in the show note where you can see kind of these bright spots of where all these gold devices were sort of buried right with them. Um, there were 49 amulets found so far in the on the ancient mummy. Uh, 30 were made out of gold or had gold compounds. And... There were stuff like a golden heart scarab. They had a golden tongue inside his mouth. They had a, ready for it, two-finger amulet 
and this is from I'm, the reporting is from the Jerusalem Post. They say he had a two finger amulet next to his uncircumcised penis. So if you were wondering if you could, if any of that was intact after two thousand three hundred years, apparently there's enough they can tell if you're cut or not. And uh, the okay, Jerus so maybe maybe he did have his lucky pervert moments. I think he did because now that he's got these people studying his ding dong, they're peeking on the mummy. They're peeking on the mummy boy. Peeking on the mummy, on the mummy's uh, ding dong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Peeking on the mummy's. You know what my favorite hit song from the nineteen fifties was? My favorite novelty song, "Peeking on the Mummy's Ding Dong." <laughs> right up there with "Knock Three Times." <laughs> anyway, oh. so this is a. Um, there's more amulets made out of stone and clay, and some other things that. Uh, fans. Fans. Yeah, I had to look up the pronunciation of fans. Uh, here it is. Fans. Fayence, as they say. That sounds more like a French pronunciation of it. Well, that's what they're... I've always heard it pronounced as fans. Well, that's what they told me on dictionary.com. Fayence. Well, fuck dictionary.com. That is obviously not a person. That is a... That is like a machine reading off the of like, you know, like the fucking Microsoft Sam sort of shit, but with a nicer sounding voice. All right. Is this a person or a machine? Quick test. I can't sex a kangaroo at this distance. That's a person. Okay, that's a person. Okay, good, good. You got two for two, I guess. Uh, we had a little bit of a interruption, but let me finish this up real fast. The mummy is now available for the public to see at the Egyptian Museum, uh, and they are showing... That including like, or not including the scans? So they have the 2D and 3D CT images on display, and they also have a documentary video talking about how everything is uh, how everything was done. But I have the kicker right here. You ready for this? Sure. Also, also on display, made from the CT scan data, there's 3D printed objects will be used for tactile and visual experiences by the visitors. And I think that that means are they, they were 3D printing his penis? Exactly. That's exactly what I want to know. Because they made a big deal about his ding dong, I think they, they made a big deal it. about it being uncircumcised. They need to print that, and that could be your tactile uh, show and tell, you know, for when the kids come through. <laughs> that is definitely tactile. When they <laughs> just just re just remember, just remember, if you if you check more than two fingers on the amulet, it's masturbation. <laughs> so, there you go. This is the article from is from Jerusalem Post uh, uh, slash anthro. Art, wow, geez. Archaeology. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't pronounce that. I, uh, I was going to say I don't even know what you're trying to say there. I almost said anthropology, but first I got stumbled on my uh, my words. Let's see. Um, that was it. That's the story. The CT scans look pretty cool. I'd encourage anyone who's interested in scanning to, to, uh, to take a peek. They are kind of dolled up the way that they like to do for um, news stories, so it's not... Again, some of it doesn't look like real CT scan data. It looks like it's been manipulated. It's been uh, they have a little bit of that artist uh, intent running through it. You know, someone went. They through always and do. But uh, I mean, it's, it's it's they're they're doing it they're doing it for public consumption, right? That, this stuff that they're putting out, right? Yeah, it's like the false the, color. Uh, the, re the real stuff, right? They're not they're not shown because most people wouldn't know how to make heads or tails out of it. I've seen I've seen the actual like. CT and MRI imagery, like raw imagery before, and honestly, it just looks like weird ass blobs with 
kind of human shape to it in the outline, maybe, but that's it, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of work that goes into making it into something interpretable. Yep. Um, there's only one feature on it which I wasn't sure about, and I didn't. Uh, I I think I figured it out staring at it. But if you look, do you see the cross section images? Cold. Yeah. Look at his skull on the third image. What's yes. that? See that red thing? I think isn't that just an artifact? I think that's the some kind of pooling of goop because he's been laying on his back for so long. I don't. It, I I presume. I don't know. Maybe he was standing up. But maybe. I, maybe but, I know that. I know that as part of the mummification procedures that they used to do in ancient Egypt, they actually removed the brain and threw it out. Right, but they also put other stuff in there, right? So is that the goop they packed in, and it's just kind maybe, of maybe? But that's a lot more than I think that'd be. I think it was just like you know, you just like rub on like some natron and stuff right you wouldn't have that much going in there i geez i don't know i don't know what to make of it like they have this maybe he's just got something on the mind he's maybe maybe you could maybe you can reach out to the cairo egyptian museum and ask them what's with that goop in his head what's with that goop in his head (sighs) all right well uh what do we have to wrap this shindig up we have the most punchable faces in animation. Oh, uh, this was an extension of the uh, of the mummy because what I've neglected to mention is that the photograph of the front of this mummy, he has this stupid, like the stupidest smirk on its face that's been carved it's, in. It's a, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's a, it's his didn't matter had sex face. It is. Uh, it's a didn't matter uh, two fingers on my penis for 2,000 years face. 2,300 years. 2,300 years. No, it's it's got this smirk, and the first thing I saw when I saw the smirk is it looks like every DreamWorks character uh, doing their stupid generic pose that they always do. And uh, I just wanted to mention this. I know this is circulating. You've probably seen it before, but you know about the DreamWorks face, right, Cold? Yes. Yeah, it's like the B-movie, uh, Shark Tale, and all of these. Well, at least, tra- at least in the case of the B-movie, it was... Yeah, the, the face was there, but the bee also looked like he was stoned as fuck at the same time. Whereas the rest of them just looked like <laughs> smug assholes who need to, like, get their asses kicked. So I I got an article that I think best describes this stupid face and tears it apart. This is uh, Jacob Aller wrote this piece in uh, filmschoolrejects.com um, some years ago. And I've read this before, and I, I still like it. There's... It's just a discussion of DreamWorks and their uh, uncreative uh, pandering to these uh, stupid stereotypes. Uh, anyway, the quote that I wanted to pull out, and he's describing all of the same, how they kind of run the same character over and over and over and over again. He had one little description of them, which I thought was great. He says, these characters are boring for everyone and train kids to be weird little snarky psychopaths. I thought that was now. A- I'll have you, I'll have you know that that might not actually be all that correct. After all, I never saw DreamWorks movies like this until 2001 when they first started coming out. By which point, I was already an adult. You were, and these movies were blinding. No, uh, but. At that by that time, I was already a weird little snarky psychopath. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yes. Ha. <laughs> oh dear. Well, have we arrived? I think so. I think we have too. 
Much uh, to the relief of our Lord listeners. <laughs> yes. It's been a wild ride again. Every ride on Rare Encounter is a wild ride. Uh, Hell of a lot of fun. Every week at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. RareEncounter.net. But. That's us. Yeah. Until then, till next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't sad?